From the Western Riverside Council of Governments, I'm Rachel Singer, and this is CogCast. Eastern Municipal Water District, also known as EMWD, plays a key role in Western Riverside County, providing water to more than 850,000 people living and working in the subregion. EMWD's mission is to deliver value to their diverse customers by providing safe, reliable, economical, and environmentally sustainable water, wastewater, and recycled water services. To share more about EMWD and the state of water in the subregion, joining us on the podcast today is Linnea Vols-Alexander, Senior Director of Water Resources Planning. So Linnea, thank you so much for being here with us today. My pleasure, Rachel. Awesome. So can you just kind of kick off the podcast and tell us a bit about yourself? Sure, Rachel. So I am a California native. I was born in the Central Valley. I spent my teenager years in the Bay Area, and I went to college at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, where I majored in environmental engineering. I've lived here in Southern California for now the past 22 years. I started my career at a in the private sector, um, working for a global engineering and construction firm. Worked there for 20 years before joining EMWD about two years ago. Nice. Very cool. So obviously you have a career in, in water. So have you always envisioned that this, this is what your um, career would look like or it, did this kind of surprise you? You know, kind of looking back on my path, I, um, I, I coming out, I, I, it wasn't something that I knew right away that I wanted to do. When I came out of high school, I, I had a lot of different interests. I actually started in junior college and was taking classes on the full spectrum, art to math to calculus, chemistry, all, all <laughs> the above. And um, it became clear to me when I preferred my organic chemistry homework to my art projects that probably <laughs> a STEM-focused career track was probably uh, in my best interest. Uh, so uh, kind of coupling my interests with biology and chemistry and, uh, and, and math led me to environmental engineering. And uh, I started focusing on water both in my, my coursework and then also as I advanced into my career. And I feel really fortunate that I have worked on so many different types of projects here in Southern California dealing with water supply issues, Mm -hmm. uh, including design of treatment and conveyance facilities, developing water supply alternatives and solutions for environmental and habitat protection, and advancing recycled water programs to maximize the use of our existing water resources Mm -hmm. here in the state. Very cool. Well, I think it's amazing that you liked your organic chemistry better than your art science class or your art <laughs> class. That's that's one in a kind for sure. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> um, but jumping into the discussion, I wanted to just start off. Could you maybe just provide a high level overview of EMWD and what the agency undertakes? Sure, sure. I like to call EMWD by the numbers, if you will. Uh, We provide water, wastewater, and recycled water service to um, about 850,000 people within a 555 square mile service area in Western Riverside County. It includes seven cities and unincorporated areas of the county, Mm -hmm. ranging from Moreno Valley in the north to Temecula in the south. What's 
really unique about EMWD compared to a lot of our other South, Southern California cities and water agencies is that our service area is only about 38% built out. Wow. So it puts us in a really interesting um, dynamic when we're looking at, you know, our current water supplies and projects and what we need to plan for for the future. Mm -hmm. um, I'd also like to mention that EMWD is governed by a five division publicly elected board of directors. And we are also one of 26 agencies that make up the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California. We employ a staff of more than 600, which includes operators, engineers, scientists, customer service, and um, public and government affairs specialists, accountants, electricians, mechanics, among other tradespeople and professionals. Mm -hmm. And our annual operating budget for this fiscal year was $324 million. And these stats are really consistent with EMWD being the sixth largest public water utility in California. Amazing. So um, what would you say are some of EMWD's uh, major objectives or projects um, for, for at least this year? Sure. So one of our strategic uh, priorities is providing safe, reliable, and cost-effective water supplies that are sustainable and achieves an optimal balance of water resources, including imported surface water, groundwater, wastewater treatment, reuse, and resource recovery. And then again, being fully prepared to continue to support the growth in our service area. Mm -hmm. We also implement what, what we call a, a just-in-time approach to project implementation to ensure that we meet our customers' needs in a cost-effective manner. So in essence, making sure that we're not building projects that aren't needed, mm -hmm. at, you know, and, and making sure when they are built that it's in time for the need mm -hmm. and we don't have what we refer to as stranded assets or mm -hmm. assets that we've built too far in advance. We have... Um, several active projects. In fact, we have 170 oh, wow. <laughs> active projects in our capital improvement program. And I know we can't go into all 170 today, <laughs> but a couple that I would like to highlight for you are uh, our Paris North Groundwater Contamination and Prevention Program, in which we secured almost $45 million in grant funding from the state wow. of California. And through this program, we will add an additional almost 6,500 acre feet per year of groundwater supply. And, and that is equivalent to providing enough potable water for about 13,000 households. That's really we also have a, a groundwater reliability plus program, which is a multifaceted approach to groundwater management. It includes groundwater sustainability, water banking, recycled water and groundwater from our desalination program. Hmm. Okay. So just a couple of, of those one set, 170. <laughs> Thank you for not going into the over 100 projects as, as thrilling and as relevant as they might be. I'm sure that would be a long list. Um, so this might be a very basic question, but I want to take a step back. So where does Riverside County or specifically the jurisdictions within EMWD service area, where do they get their water from. Sure, sure. Um, EMWD's water supply is made up of a mix of both local supplies and imported supplies, mm -hmm. with about 50% of our water supply coming from outside of Southern California, mm -hmm. from the State Water Project, which conveys water south from Northern California, and from the Colorado River. 
The 50% of our water that's produced locally is a combination of pumped groundwater, recycled water, and water uh, from a portion of our groundwater basin that requires desalination mm -hmm. to remove high concentrations of salt that exist in that portion of the basin. Mm -hmm. uh, another important aspect of our local water supply portfolio is conservation or water use efficiency and identifying ways to help our customers really use the water that we have more efficiently, both indoors and outdoors. And to that end, we've partnered with local, regional, and federal organizations to offer our customers rebates and incentives, replacing high-use appliances and plumbing fixtures, as well as transforming high water use landscape to more water-wise or Southern California uh, appropriate landscapes. We also have a budget-based rate structure that promotes water use efficiency in that you use less, you pay less. Mm -hmm. And in fact, over the past 20 years, our retail customers have reduced their water use by approximately 40% on a per-person basis. Wow. And even though our population in our service area has almost doubled in the past 20 years, our water use has only increased by about 10%. So really all of these programs, you know, and and uh, working with our customers has really helped to reduce our overall water use and and maximize mm -hmm. the the availability of our limited resource. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think maximize is exactly the word that I would have used to describe that as well. And I think it's amazing to hear. It's really encouraging to hear the local sources of water and how the general public or how cu customers are leveraging what we have in the region. So I wanted to ask a question more regarding um, the water that we do get from outside of the region, from the sea or other sources. And so what are some of like the risks and limitations um, associated with receiving our water from places that are beyond Western Riverside County? Sure, sure. You know, there are definitely risks in relying too heavily on imported water and, and having all of your eggs in one basket, mm -hmm. say. Uh, we are subject to potential allocations on the state water project um, or on the Colorado River due to uh, hydrologic conditions, for example, the drought, um, environmental uh, considerations uh, associated with um, the Endangered Species Act. So all of these things do add an element of risk to the amount of water that we can receive from either of those sources. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also potential risk associated with earth earthquakes as the aqueduct and the pipelines that extend more than 700 miles to Southern California cross multiple faults. Mm -hmm. EMWD received its first Colorado River delivery in 1953 and its first state water project delivery in 1973. And over time, as our population grew in our service area, as well as in, in Southern California as a whole, many agencies came to rely heavily on imported water from these two sources to meet the majority of the water needs here in Southern California. And so as a region and as a member agency of Metropolitan, we recognized the need to diversify our water supply portfolio and really start investing heavily in local projects as well as conservation. And as a result, Metropolitan expanded regional storage programs, including Diamond Valley Lake, which is here locally, and also established programs for funding local projects, um, helping member agencies actually advance local projects to reduce our overall reliance on imported water as a region. And these, in, the, these initiatives have really improved the reliability of our regional water supplies, not only in typical weather years, 
but also in dry years. So how does state legislation impact our regional water supply or, or does it? Uh, state legislation can have a significant impact on our regional water supply. Uh, I'd say before COVID, uh, I would say probably the most um, publicized news um, item of, I, I felt like of, of the, the day was PFAS mm-hmm. or per and polyfluoral alkaline substances that are also sometimes referred to as forever chemicals uh, due to their ubiquitous nature. And they are they are everywhere. And as the state establishes regulatory limits in drinking water for these chemicals, it could result in groundwater wells being taken out of service, requiring water agencies to either one, purchase additional imported water, or two, establish treatment processes on these wells. And so, again, as as the state navigates these regulations, it has uh, significant impacts to uh, local supplies. Mm -hmm. But it also can increase local supplies as well. The state is also currently working on guidelines that would extend the use of recycled water to allow recycled water to be treated with advanced technology and introduced into the drinking water system. Um, This is known as direct potable reuse. Mm Current regulations allow for a similar type of approach that treats recycled water with advanced technologies uh, for introduction into the groundwater or into surface water, where it again goes through additional treatment. This is referred to as indirect potable reuse. But expanding to provide uh, the ability or capabilities to also implement direct potable reuse really could make this reuse option more feasible for, for more agencies. And again, expanding our ability to reuse more recycled water here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. I talked about water use efficiency. That's another area that state legislation can really impact um, our, our, our water use and the uh, abilities of our supplies to meet our demands. The state is currently in various phases of implementing Making Conservation a Way of Life, started under Governor Brown. And that legislation was passed to establish standards for indoor and outdoor water use and will ultimately be used to determine urban water supply or water budgets. Again, mm-hmm. with a, a goal of you know, establishing a, a long-term commitment to some of the, the water use behaviors that, that we've seen continue since the, the end of the last drought. Mm-hmm. So really, these are just a few examples of how legislation can impact our regional water supply. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like from what you just said, there's a pretty close-knit connection with state legislation and local water supply even with a diversified portfolio of where the water's coming from, there's still a pretty close connection there. Um, So you had mentioned recycled water and wastewater within the realm of our podcast. So can you maybe just differentiate um, what is wastewater and what role does it play in our region's water supply? Sure, Rachel. So very simply, wastewater is the water that has been used in our homes and businesses. Uh, For example, our sinks, baths, laundry, and yes, our toilets. Uh, That is collected and treated at uh, at facilities. And and it's treated to levels that allows for the water either to be safely reused or discharged. Uh, Specifically for EMWD, we operate four regional water reclamation facilities with a total capacity of 69 million gallons per day. Wow. 
These facilities are all equipped to provide a level of treatment that does allow for our water to be reused for beneficial uses, including agricultural irrigation and municipal irrigation, uh, parks, schools, golf courses, and street streetscapes. Uh, we also have a partnership with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, in which for the past 30 years, EMWD has provided and continues to provide recycled water to the San Jacinto Wildlife Area. This is the first state wildlife area to utilize recycled water to enhance its 900 acres of restored wetlands. Oh, wow. Yeah, and EMWD is really an industry leader in recycled water. We regularly use 100% of our recycled water for beneficial uses. We're one of the largest by volume recyclers in the nation and one of just a few agencies that achieves 100% beneficial reuse, a strategic objective that was established by our board of directors. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to what you were saying about maximizing resources, because we have our customers on one end that are maximizing resources and their own water use. And then we have the agency itself maximizing the resources that they're responsible for. And so that's awesome. I wanted to switch gears a bit and maybe ask a pretty basic question, but how is it determined if a region is in a drought? I feel like that changes often. And so I really don't even have context for how that's determined. You know, it's funny because you would think that that's kind of a basic question, but it's not really as basic as you think. Uh, just recently, I was participating in a work group and one of the first orders of business was what constitutes a drought in the region? Is it weather? Is it water supply shortage or the duration of the dry conditions? And so I'm actually going to cheat here and I am going to quote the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration or NOAA for how they define drought. Um, because I do think that, again, depending on how it's applied, it can be it can be interpreted, you know, many different meanings. So again, kind of cheating and use a published definition, a period of abnormally dry weather sufficiently prolonged for the lack of water to cause serious hydrologic imbalance in the effective area. And it expands it to say that a period of unusually persistent dry weather that persists long enough to cause serious problems such as crop damage and or water supply shortages. And I can only imagine what your next question is going to be, <laughs> which is, are we in a drought? And how did you know? <laughs> had we talked about this a few months ago, my answer might have been a little different. <laughs> you know, in, in general, following a, a fairly wet 2019, 2020 was dry and 2021 has also been below normal in terms of precipitation. And, you know, again, referencing NOAA and their drought monitoring map, it does show most of Riverside County in, um, in, in various stages of drought from moderate to severe and even extremely dr stream drought in portions of their map compared to, you know, other times of this year. Um, I, I think we've also been hit with a lot in the media recently about, you know, um, a, a potential drought or, you know, water supply shortages. But you know, as I mentioned earlier, Southern Californians have continued to embrace a lower water use mm. as part of their everyday life. Mm -hmm. And really that coupled with the investments that have made been made both regionally and locally, they have really prepared us for 
uh, dry periods and you know this year and and even multi-year droughts so there really is no indication today that we will experience water supply shortages in the near term and other than just encouraging our uh, customers to continue water use efficiency, we don't really see any impacts to our customers based on the current conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thank you for clarifying and anticipating my second question or my follow-up <laughs> question. Um, but I do want to ask maybe a more broader question regarding resiliency. So what does resiliency mean to Eastern to EMWD um, as it relates to COVID and other challenges the water district faces? You've mentioned PFAS, you've mentioned obviously the drought, you've mentioned water supply. So what is resiliency look like? Well, you know, at at the end of the day, we have to be able to provide water, wastewater, and recycled water service to our customers. Mm -hmm. Um, And and in a manner that is economically and environmentally sustainable. And in order to achieve this, we really have to be able to adapt to changing conditions. You know, you, you mentioned them, whether it be uh, changes in regulations that mm. that change how we utilize a water supply, whether it be a global pandemic or a, a, an interruption to our, our local supply from, from some other means, an earthquake or a, mm-hmm. other natural disaster. We have to make sure that we have safe water that is available, accessible, and affordable now and for future generations to come. Mm. And I guess specifically to COVID, you know, I think this was an interesting uh, test for uh, for water agencies. Um, you know, there were a lot of things that were potential impacts. You know, from supply chain to mm-hmm. potential resource impacts, and um, not necessarily being set up on day one to work remote. So all of those things we did have to adjust and adapt to, and and. I'm proud to say that we maintained 100% of our water, wastewater, and recycled water services throughout this entire um, challenging time. We do still have customers in our service area that are struggling to pay their bills. And that is why we have a variety of payment assistant programs that that we've made available to to our customers. And we will continue to work with them Mm -hmm. as hopefully we start returning to normal um, you know, to, to help them get back on their feet with respect to their, their water bills as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's encouraging even knowing that Eastern, as many of the water districts in our region, really were a source of stability, if you will, throughout the course of the instability that we experienced in the last year with COVID-19. So um, I just want to thank you and the staff at EMWD for all of the efforts that you guys have undertaken, especially in the last year, but over the course of the agency's um, longevity. I think it's really amazing. Um, But with that, this is actually going to wrap up our time on our podcast. But do you have any final remarks before we sign off? No, Rachel, it was a pleasure talking with you this morning, and uh, I I look forward to our next engagement. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Rachel. For more information on WRCOG and the COGcast, please visit our website at www.wrcog.us. For more information about Riverside County's efforts on COVID-19, please visit rivcoph.org slash coronavirus.